the Never Gets Old podcast, the podcast of all we love in TV, movies, music, and comics, with your hosts, Mac Jackson and Nick Narrow. Look for us on YouTube and Facebook. everybody and welcome to the Never Gets Old Podcast. I'm Nick Narrow. And I'm Matt Jackson. And we are going to do a bunch of fun stuff today. Um, as we do all the time, I think. <laughs> sure. But we, we don't have a whole lot of... Um, Heavy uh, topics to discuss. Right, or, or, or specific topics. So we, we might do a couple, uh, you know questions maybe some top five questions a little couple other things you know Ooh, speaking, it's, it's, actually you know what i wanted to tell you you mentioned top five i don't know if we've ever mentioned i think we did i don't know if it was on the podcast or not but high fidelity yeah love that movie yeah me too i have that movie and the last two nights they've been showing it on tv like on one of the you know movie stations that they give you and even yeah. though I have it, I sat there both times, both nights, and watched it. Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Right? And when you mention top five, I'm like, oh, high fidelity. Yep. Great. I, I even found the soundtrack to that. It helped me appreciate songs that I wouldn't have, uh, like the beta band. Okay. Remember the part in the movie where he's like, I'm about to sell three copies of the beta band. <laughs> and, and then he's like, okay. And then he just turns it on, and everybody's just all of a sudden grooving to it. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of the songs from that that movie I, I have come to adore. Well, since you just said that, it, it, it gave me an idea. Um, <laughs> because I do that a bunch. Uh, I own movies. Like, I have a ton. I have a ton of DVDs. People are always, like, in awe of my movie collection. <laughs> and it's not, it's still not as big as I, I'd like it to be, but it's pretty expansive. You could pretty much find almost anything you'd want to watch um and uh but there are still movies that i'll sit and and um if they're on tv even if i own them even if i've seen them like a million times mm -hmm. like well here's two hours of my life that's gonna go away because absolutely I'm gonna sit and watch this movie so what are your top five movies that if you catch them on tv that's it you're done for an hour and a half two hours whatever ah top five jeez you know, I, all right, if we're going to stick with movies, because I can do the same thing with TV shows. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, just specifically movies. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you. Let's see. Hmm. I don't know about top five. I can easily say Indiana Jones movies. Well, yeah. Uh, you know. Um, I figured that would go uh, unsaid. I, like, okay. When it comes to Star Wars and Indiana Jones and uh, maybe even Back to the Future, we'll take that out of the equation because they're just, you know, assumed. Sure. Rather than that, Out, outside of those. I don't know about top five. I can I can just think of maybe five off the top of my head. It doesn't have to be in, in an order or anything. No, no, no. But I, all right, let me just think about what I've sat and watched recently. Obviously, High Fidelity. Yeah. Um... Uh, 
I guess any of the Chevy Chase movies, like the Christmas Vacation, has been on because of being Christmas time. Right. Uh, Fletch, you know. So I'm just that. Yeah. Anything Chevy Chase. Um. Also, a Three Amigos is a classic. So that I'm throwing in the Chevy Chase pile. Yeah. Um. Which reminds me, remember when Steve Martin used to be that kind of funny? Yes. Ever since he did, uh, what, I'm not even going to say Parenthood, but when he did Father the Bride, that became like a different kind of humor. I miss the jerk type of, you know, Yeah. Well, I think funny. For Steve Martin, he really got like, I mean, it happens when, when certain people get older, and um, it's really hard for me to tell how old. Steve Martin is. I mean, I could easily no. look and see his age, but he's looked, he's one of those dudes who's like looked the exact same the whole time, like the white hair and everything. I mean, maybe there was a little bit more gray, but in his 20s, he had white white hair, right? Yeah. It was, yep. That's crazy. Um, But I think like his last, the last movie of his that I saw that I really liked, um, that he was like the lead in was uh, his Bowfinger. Oh, uh, I never saw I it. I heard it. Oh, it's, it's him and Eddie Murphy, and it's it's hilarious. <laughs> um, it's about uh, Steve Martin plays like this this director um, who he wants to become a director. He's not famous or anything. He's just trying to whatever, um, and he decides to take like one last shot and make it a movie, and. Uh, they have a script and whatever, and so they try to get Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy plays uh, a movie star, essentially. Mm-hmm. So they, they can't get to him, and uh, they decide to stage the movie around Eddie Murphy without him knowing he's in it. And nice. they find they find Eddie Murphy's character's twin brother. So like they use him for for some like over-the-shoulder shots and other stuff like that and then uh so they make this movie around eddie murphy's character and he thinks he's going crazy he thinks like aliens are attacking him and like uh he's he's being stalked and all this other stuff which he is yeah and just hilarity it's really funny and and for people that want to make movies and stuff like that it's it's really interesting but it's it's got some really funny stuff in it and that but that to me was like the last really funny Thing that I saw him do until he started doing like the family, right? And that's it's not even like that. Those are horrid. It's no, just no, no. It's a completely different type of humor, though. You know, I mean, jeepers! Think of the jerk. That's a very specific, goofy, you know, like airplane type of humor. Yeah, Little Shop of Horrors. Right, it's right. Nuts and that. Um, oh, what else? There's a couple good. There's a I bunch. I think the last one that he was that type of character in was Three Amigos. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know? and I always relate it to like the monkeys type of humor. It's that very quick. If you didn't catch it, you're not going to. Yeah. Pay attention type of absurdity. Yeah. Um, darn it. Let me think. Okay. I know I'm always, I'm gonna go back. You're gonna mention some, and I'm gonna go. Yeah, that's on my list too. Um. Okay. So yeah. we got who do we got? High Fidelity, Chevy Chase movies. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, that was on today. Oh, really? You know what? It kills me to watch it on on cable because they just butcher it. I know, but that's the point. Even like, these are, when you're thinking about them, it's even if they're butchered with commercials or for, you know, editing for for content or whatever, 
still sit and watch them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How good they are. Um, I Married an Axe Murderer is one that Cindy and I, I, I can't watch it with Cindy anymore because I have at least the restraint to typically not quote every line. And I could with all of these movies. I, but I, I've taught myself, keep your mouth shut. Because I, I ruined Back to the Future for me. Because uh-huh. I would watch it every day after school when it first came out on VHS. To the right. point where, I mean, I used to go on stage and do the Johnny B. Good skit. Nice. And so I had to walk away from it for years. And I'm not kidding, like at least 10 years. Um, oh, remind me. I, I have some Back to the Future thing to tell you that you might be excited about. But keep going. Um... So yeah, so she she constantly quotes how I married her. I married an ex-murder. It just it's great, but at the same time, like nope, I gotta change the channel. You're killing. I've me. never seen that movie. <gasps> okay, get ready because that's a that is so freaking quotable. Is it, it? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I like Mike Myers. Well, you're so, gonna love. I mean, him. did I? Not that I dislike him now, but he hasn't done anything. In a while, actually, I'm sure he's living off those uh, Shrek paychecks. But yeah, um, so I'll have to see it. Okay, so let me think. Give me one more. No, no, no. Well, we got to do five, because and that's the thing. I'm trying to. There, I know there is stuff that, like, you know, I can go right. Oh, I could throw that one in. I could mention the monkeys movie head whenever I catch that, just because it feels it's. It's like a personal, you know, that's my band. That's, you know, I... Right. Not only am I proud, you have that sense of pride when you know local boy does good type of feeling. And that's how I feel when you hold somebody near and dear to you like that. So, of course, that. So, okay. Four? Hmm. Let me think. Oh, it's going to kill me because I'm going to go upstairs and, and kick myself. Um... Uh, <laughs> Because, like I said, I have all my DVDs on a shelf or in a binder. Um, Off the top of my head, I'm going to say the newest Dawn of the Dead. The one that came out right around the time of Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. That was when, like, okay, you finally got zombie movies done right. Yeah, that one was good, yeah. Isn't it funny, too? Because, like, the acting was good, the writing was good, the special effects were good. And you mm-hmm. zombie movies, one of those things at least is missing. Right. Generally the script, I would be I would think. Like everybody's so and, stupid. And the acting, meh. <laughs> Generally. Special effects are usually pretty good. Yeah. You know, for their time. Well now uh, think about it now. I was thinking about we here we are, we watch you know, obviously Walking Dead, where right. it's become the norm to have everything work. Everything right. is good. And the material, the zombie genre, is treated with with respect. We're gonna think yeah. back when when this is over and go, huh? There was a time when we didn't have these type of shows. No, no, no. So I guess we're living in good times. Yeah, we are. We it's a really good time for all all sorts of entertainment. Now, I, now, please understand. I may have to refine my list or at least add to it as we go on talking. But there, there's <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, the reason I asked is because, uh, I've been pretty much sitting around all day hungover and I just flipped the TV on and I wanted to try to play some video games, but like, I just couldn't do it. I, I did for a little bit and then I was, I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Comedy Central has been playing like movie after movie that I would do, like Shaun of the Dead was on and then 
another one of uh, a move, one of the movies that I can always watch was on, and then Youth and Revolt came on, and I like all of them, so I was like, yeah, just that's it. This is my day. I never found Youth and Revolt. I never saw. It's good. It's good. What's the I like it. What it? What's that? What's it about? Um, it's kind of quirky and odd. It's it's Michael Sarah. Um, is is the lead in it? Um. And uh, there's a bunch of random people in it, like Steve Buscemi is in it, has a, a moderate part. Uh, Zach Galifianakis has a moderate part. Justin Long is in it. Uh, Kim Cattrall plays Michael Sarah's mom. Ray Liotta's in it. Uh, there's just random people. But basically what it's about is uh, this, this kid, I guess he's supposed to be like 16, 17 in the movie or something like that. Um... His mom is, like, a train wreck. Uh, she has a boyfriend who is Zach Galifianakis. Uh, he gets into some trouble uh, by selling a bunch of sailors a broken car. So they run away for a little bit to, um, to like, this mobile home community. It's like a summer home area, and he meets this girl uh, and falls in love with her. But, like, he obviously doesn't live there. They're only there just to hide for a little bit. So, um, he moves back with his family, um, and they, the, he and the girl stay in touch. But he needs to get, he wants to get kicked out of his house from his mom and then go live with his dad, which would be closer to this girl. So, he's a really, really nice guy, and he has trouble you know, standing up for himself. So he creates in his mind this persona, this alternate persona that he feels that this girl would like and that can do things for him that um, wouldn't he wouldn't normally be able to do. So it's kind of funny. Michael Sarah plays two parts. I remember the... Now that you mention it, I remember the trailer. Right. And he... So he plays himself, obviously, and then he plays the figment of his imagination... Which is essentially Michael Sarah, kind of like dressed, like suavely, I suppose, with a mustache and I, like smoking a cigarette the whole time, talking in this like really ridiculous voice, um, and uh, saying really ridiculous things. It's just funny, but it's like one of those like oddly like quirky movies a little bit. Sure. But, it's, it, but it's funny, but it's just. I don't want to call it like Wes Anderson-y because it's not really Wes Anderson-y, but it, it it probably wants to be that way mm-hmm. a little bit. But it's it's good, and I, I like it because I like Michael Sarah. Um, yeah, I mean he does generally he he's kind of typecast as like the oddball white dude, you know, kind of young quirky guy, I guess. But um. I listened to him on a couple podcasts. I think Nerdist was one, and uh, the WTF podcast. And he just seemed like the coolest, most down-to-earth guy. Um, and really, really did, you know, appreciate the craft of acting. And, um, and you know, would like to have done more stuff, but kind of understands where he's at. You know, appreciative of, of the roles that he's had and stuff like that. So, um... I do, yeah. I like Michael Sarah, and I definitely like him in this movie. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, you're mentioning that. You, 
uh, about the the guy and girl dynamic. That yeah. boy, that I just realized I am a sucker for the classic romantic comedies like When Harry Met Sally and uh-huh. You've Got Mail, and th- those are all quotable too. Cindy and I will sit there. And, you know, uh, so oh, one of the great ones. Speaking of which, which and again, all of these, any good romantic comedy goes on that list, right? Because they had you, uh, you've got mail on the other day, uh-huh. it's Christmassy, because it happens during Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all right, I'm watching that one. But uh, uh, Five Hundred Days of Summer, have you seen it? Of course, I saw it in theaters. Isn't that great? Yes. I mean, you Just know what makes it great, too? I really admire. What's that? You know what makes it great? What? It breaks the mold. It's not like, okay, you know, they're going to... This is a spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen it, so skip ahead. But it's guy loves girl, girl loves guy, and then they break up. And you think, all right, well, in the end of the movie, they're going to get back together. No! Nope. And nor, nor should they, because in my opinion, she was horrible. The, I mean, they, they, the argument is, well, she warned him in the beginning. She said, you know, I, I'm not looking for a relationship. Yeah. But at the same time, she let him on. She acted like his girlfriend, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, the, the great thing about that movie is, and that's, that is a movie that I'll, I will leave on if it's on, and I, even though I own it. Yep. Um, it brings up a lot of questions um, and a lot of uh, well thought out arguments. I think it's one of those movies because I mean, when you first see it, the first time you see it, and the first time I saw it, I mean, I it, uh, in my life, I instantly related to to uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Like I've been on that end where it's like let on, heartbroken, stuff like that, and then you watch it a couple more times, and you're like okay yeah you know your opinion can change on it because it's not the the thing i love about the movie is it's not so cut and dry as just to say uh, after you watch it a bunch of times um that she's just horrible and you need to feel bad for him because you might you still feel bad for him but you kind of almost do it in a in a different way because he you kind of learn or, or realize that he built it up in his own mind more than it was actually there and he did it right from the beginning like he you know he didn't even know this girl that well or at all but it was that instant like that love at first sight sort of thing which in real life rarely if ever happens you know you really need to develop a relationship with somebody before you can you know understand if you love them or not you know it's not you can't just be infatuated and life's not a disney movie you know right um so it's kind of like yeah she does pretty much tell him like i'm not i don't believe in love i don't know if it's serious or whatever yeah, that and been then, a turn off you know, i would have been stuff. i would have i would have been done as soon as she said that i'm like we don't believe in love oh all right bye so yeah in one hand yeah the fact that he kept so, pursuing it right and 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 i think like the, the reason that um the reason they were quote unquote dating in the movie was they had a bunch of similar interests and he was a you know charming kind of he's handsome dude like he's uh so like it it, it got 
to a point where they were okay, but he was never what she was looking for, you know, like that, you could just tell whether that's, a, you know, a horrible thing to do to someone or not. She never lied, I don't think. Like, it wasn't like, um, she, she was like, no, now I do love you and stuff like that. I don't think she ever says that in the movie. Too. I know, I know. So it's like, yeah, you do feel bad that he got shunned by this girl or whatever, but, um, you have to like it's it's if you can look at it in an adult way and just say well you know what you can't force someone else to feel something that they don't feel right you know and and it's like and i agree with that either be bitter and a child about it or you can move on and, and realize you'll be okay and that's what the end of the movie was he met right. another girl and she she was flirting with him he was flirting with her he's gonna be okay it's not like it was the end of the world or right. everything but at the same time she did take it further than you know all right if you're casual you don't go you know doing but that's i think that's a, a a human thing that's real that's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's yeah. what makes shows it's real yeah because people do that all the time i know and, I, and not Aaron <laughs> and shouldn't but like right you never know i mean if she, well, first of all, there wouldn't be a movie at all if she was just like, yeah, just, you know, we're nothing. It'll never happen. Right. Just, okay. So, obviously, like, there had to be a little bit, but maybe she thought, maybe, you know, who knows? She gave it a shot. Well, there's, and then, there are certain scenes that, that still, every time I watch it, I get filled up because it does hit close to home. Remember when he's playing back certain scenes in his head that he didn't notice at the time? Yeah. But looking back on it, like, holy crap, she was pulling away. She would mm -hmm. hold his hand, you know, she didn't want to do whatever. And at the time, you, I've, I've been there, where I think back, I'm like, wow, you stupid idiot, you should have seen it coming. But being yeah. the optimist that I am, you don't think about it because you think, no, it can't possibly be that, that you know, she doesn't want to be with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that hit close to home in that scene where they're on the bench where he's just sitting there and she comes up to him afterwards mm -hmm. and she actually says to him you you know i like this guy better i don't know how she says it but she she there's that bitter bitterness uh she's not trying to be but man it stings when she's like yeah he was what i wanted and you just weren't yeah you know, it's true to life and oh, i i feel for him yeah, no, you you definitely do. It's I, I just I think I've seen it enough times now where I I can see both sides of the story and um and I've been through things where I've been on both sides of that bench on her side and on right on uh, on his side um because it's like I mean you don't have to worry about it anymore because you're married and have kids and stuff like that but. God. Sometimes, like, I, I get upset with people when they're like, I can never find anybody, nobody likes me, and blah, 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 because, no, somebody likes you, it's just the person you want to like you doesn't like you, because I I can't, I can't honestly sit here and, and be like, I'm single, and it sucks, and, you know, I just wish I could have a girlfriend, because if I wanted to have a girlfriend, I could, sure. that sounds conceited or no, whatever, no, no, no. you could find someone, for any, for any reason, but the people who are interested in me are not necessarily who I'm interested in. So I have to 
if I'm going to have any sort of respect for myself or, or ask for respect from anyone else, I have to be honest with those people and be like, well, look, I'm not, I'm just not interested, you know, and that's just how it goes. So I've been on both sides and I could see it, but I mean, I never, I've obviously never taken it as far as she did, but um, maybe that's not obvious, but I just, I haven't done what she did, but um, still, you could see both. Um, and also, the, one of my favorite lines, that's a pretty quotable movie too, sometimes. Yep. Um, anytime I'm listening to like the radio and uh, she's like, the wind comes on, I just, I scream, I hate this song! <laughs> And uh, I was in, when I was in the truck one day with my dad. It was on, and it, I didn't even think twice about it. It was just playing, and I was like, "I hate this song." And he he leans in to turn it off, and I'm like, "No, no, 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 leave it. I actually like this song." He's like, "Well, what the hell's wrong with you?" I'm like, it's a Sorry. Well, I I remember talking about being bitter. I don't know. I, I, I know I told you. I was in a relationship for like seven years, and it was yeah. six and a half years too long. And before I met Cindy, I had three years of quote-unquote dating. Right. And they were the most miserable, horrible experiences that I've ever had. Because like you said, you know, on one hand, you have people that like you and are pursuing you. And man, that's a horrible, horrible situation to be in because now you're in control, but you have to kind of tell somebody, no, thank you. Yeah. You know, and, and how do you how do you gently do that and not crush them? And, you know, and that's the couple times that I've been lucky enough to have someone pursue me like that. Um, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, oh, crap. You're nice and I like being, you know, friendly with you, but I don't, I'm not interested there. Yeah. I hated that situation, but I remember yeah. getting really bitter mm-hmm. because I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I knew I had high standards and I knew I wasn't going to settle. And I right. got to the point where I just went, you know what, I'm, I'm probably better off alone. And you know how they always say, well, you you always find love when you're not looking. Right. Because time goes by faster then. If you're not concentrating on finding somebody, mm-hmm. time goes by and you focus on other things in your life. Like for me, music and writing and all that. And sure enough, then I found Cindy. But I had already, I had gotten so bitter. My friends were actually talking to each other and told me afterwards, yeah, Mac is, um, is he all right? <laughs> he's, you know, he sees a girl to, to flirt with them and he says, you know, don't even bother. Like, you know, I know the game you're playing. And it, yeah. it became, looking back on it, it's pretty humorous. But at the time, I was just disgusted. I'm like, no, don't make goo-goo eyes at me from across, a, you know, a, I, we used to go to flashbacks, buddy, <laughs> you know, and yeah. which isn't there anymore. But um, unfortunately, that closed before I turned 21. So, ah, uh, well, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what you're, you were missing. And girls dancing in the center while guys line the wall and just yeah, it sounds awesome. So I'm kidding. <laughs> well, what'd you say? I said that sounds awesome. <laughs> Good, because you could find it at any other club in the city. But uh, yeah, and that's basically what it was. And then you get a girl who decides to flirt with you, and oh, here's my number, and give me a call, and then you do, and either she doesn't answer. Or she's too busy, or she'll call you back and set up a date, which never happens. And you know, 
I remember just being like, nope, I'm done. I'm not playing this game anymore. I think I've paid my dues. I'll be the, the you know, lonely guy who sits home and feeds the birds. I'm, I'm not, you know, let's let somebody pursue me. And one of the rules I had was the girl has to ask me my name. And then Cindy equally pursued me when I met her and did ask me my name. So I'm like, okay, this is this one's different. And she sure was. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, I don't. I guess uh, when I when I go out and stuff, I I've never had the um, intentions of going out solely to try to meet somebody. In fact, that's like the last thing on my um, agenda when I'm out. I just like I go out for. Um, the social mm-hmm. part of it like um since i've been able to go out a lot more recently i've, I've been running into to friends uh that i knew from a long time ago people that i worked with um different jobs school uh college or high school and stuff like that and just making those like reconnecting in that way is cool and it was like it wasn't um it was never it, like uh oh cool you know it's, it's good that we see each other. Hey, let's go on a date or something like that. Obviously, I'm talking about the girls. Guys, I'd just not, you know. <laughs> guys, I'd be like, hey, let's hang out again. Sure, sure, but, sure. Uh, uh, with, with the girls and stuff like that, too. It's just not, um, that's not really on my agenda. Hmm. Uh, I just like, I like to go out and, and have fun and be funny and have that sort of feedback. Um because that makes, I don't know, that just makes you feel good. I, I like to um, make sure that other people have a good time, too. Or, or be part of mm-hmm. somebody else having a good time, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, I think that's probably why I want to do entertainment in some form, whether it be music or acting or whatever. Because I, I want, I, re- I just, I want to walk away from people and know that they're they're happy you know, no, no, and, and I, I, I know. Had a laugh, or just felt good about something that was said or done. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what I—that's what I would go out for. I'm not, not really on that. I'm not on the prowl, as they would say, I guess. Um, but uh, I had—I had another point I was gonna make, and I can't remember what it was. That. Um, well, I, yeah. you know, I remember while you're thinking. I remember when when I'd be playing a place. Part of that is running around making sure everybody's having a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, between songs, how are you guys doing? You know, anything I can do for you? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what your point was? No, no, I don't. Yeah. I'm not going. Uh, before before we, we, we keep going, though, um, I'll give you my, my yes. Fox movies that, <laughs> that I'll watch whenever. Um... I will watch the cable guy whenever that was what was on earlier. I know a lot of people. It's it's kind of a love or hate movie, um, or maybe I guess complete indifference. But I saw it. I think it came out in like 1996 or seven or something like that. I was 10 or 11 when it came out, and I saw it. And. Uh, like Jim Carrey was huge for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the first one that he didn't do well with. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, people going, "Uh oh, poor Jim Carrey. He's not going to be number one at the box office now." Yeah. Um. 
but I love the cable guy. It's it is we I quote that mm-hmm. all of the time, all the time with my friends, and it's it's like it's got this like really subtle brilliance to it if you actually watch it um, and pay attention to like the things that they say and what they're talking about and the commentaries and everything and this like I said it was a movie that came out in 1996 and Jim Carrey stands in the satellite I'm assuming you've seen it oh yeah 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 every time it's on he stands in this in the satellite and he's like this is what's gonna happen and he lays out exactly where, where we are right now with technology he says you can um, do your shopping from home. You can play Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. Uh, you can like see all these exotic places in the world just from your TV. I forget the, his exact spiel, but it's, it's I'm paraphrasing. But he says all this stuff, and boy, were they right! And I'm pretty sure Ben Stiller wrote the thing. He wrote and directed the game. Yeah. Um, and how right he was. How crazy! Like, sure, it was only it was only a few more years off before the the internet became like a really huge deal and stuff like that. But hmm. now you go online and play video games. You don't have to sit in the same room. You just play with your friends. Um, you shop on the computer. It gets sent right to your house. There's all those travel channels that are just like, hey, here's what the Bahamas looks like. You know, stuff like that. It's it's crazy. You want to know who, who something even more uh, along the, those lines? Going back to the 70s, and I, I'll try and find it for you. Mike Nesmith actually predicted everything. He's doing an interview. He's just like, yeah, so here's what's going to happen. It's going to go this and this, and I'm sure there's going to be a way. Him doing um, uh, the prison, doing the, the story that you could read as you're listening to the, the album. I think it was along those lines, and he goes, oh yeah, and then we're going to have, you know, basically the internet. We're going to be able to, everything that you were saying. Uh, I, and to hear him talk about it, you're like, holy crap, this is like 74, 75, maybe even, you know, as late as 77. But then he's, you can watch some stuff on YouTube where he's like, yeah, I don't know, I might be done just making audio-only albums. I mean... I don't know, I, I'm going to do this video thing. And of course, him essentially being the, the father of MTV. Right. You know, like, holy crap. But to, to listen to it, you're like, wow, this is how many years ago? It, was, yeah. it wasn't just a general kind of broad comment. He got pretty specific. Yeah. Like, that's, that's... Yeah. So, yeah, I love that type of thing in that movie, too. Yeah. Um... One more thing about the the cable guy was uh, I, I was just watching it, and for the first time this occurred to me, and I don't know why it, it never occurred to me before, but right near the end, I mean, you, you see glimpses of, of him throughout the movie as a child, and how his mom pretty much let the TV raise him, and that's why he's all messed up and whatever, but um, when he, uh, they're right at the end, and he's hanging off the tower, uh, hanging on a... Uh, Matthew Broderick and and he's like don't you under he's like I know what I have to do now and I always thought he was just being crazy and stuff and he pulls himself up and he says uh, somebody has to kill the babysitter and then he, he flies off and hits the satellite and all the TVs go out and I just thought it was funny you know why would you say that 
I didn't realize he's referring to the TV, the TVs as the babysitter. That didn't occur to me until today. <laughs> um, that me being just being stupid or whatever. But I was like, that is brilliant. You know, <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to say, but it, it's so like it's such a, a fighting social commentary because that's what people do is just yep, sit in front of the TV. This is how you learn. Right. You know, that's, right. that's what it is. So that's um, one. <clears throat> So I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, so that was one. Um, trying to think. Uh, there's a couple other ones that are on. Um, Pulp Fiction, whenever that's on, I will definitely sit and watch that. Very cool. doesn't matter if it's on regular cable or, or HBO or whatever. Just totally, I will watch that all the time. Um, geez, I had I had a whole bunch. Kill and Bill I, is I, another one that I throw on my list. What's that? Kill Bill. I would oh, throw that on my list. I uh, I've only seen that a couple times, um, and I don't. It's not one of my favorite Tarantino movies, so I don't really. Um, huh? If it's not, I'll be like, eh, okay. But yeah, no. Jeez, uh, a, a lot of them are Jim Carrey movies. Um, Ghostbusters. Sure. If it's not, that's it. I'll, I will watch that. Uh, so that's three. Um. Oh, Galaxy Quest. Oh, great one. Yeah, that was on. It was on the other day. It, actually, not the other day. It was on at like one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to bed until this is over. <laughs> like that's the mark of a movie. That's another like underrated but brilliant movie. I think. Um, I just yeah, I love that movie. Um, and then. For one more, one more. Um, shoot. Did you look over at your collection? Yeah, I, I'm looking. I'm looking at the TV right now and seeing what's on. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Um, I'm trying to think of actors real quick that that uh that I'll watch. I think about um, Harrison Ford alone. Any of his. Yeah, but I mean, I own them all, and and sometimes like those are movies where if they are on TV, I might not want them to be ruined by uh, by commercials and stuff. I'll just be like, no, nah, I'll throw in the DVD instead and just watch it. Um, oh, like Blazing Saddles, Blazing Saddles, wherever that is, I will I'll stop and just watch everything. I I would hope to catch it from the beginning, but I'll watch that whole thing. Most Mel Brooks <laughs> movies, I think, I think are. I, most of them are equally, you know, going to stop yeah. doing that much <laughs> See, but I, I like Blazing Saddles better than, than Spaceballs, um, and I know that's almost uh, blasphemy, but uh, I just think it's, I think it's funnier. I like Gene Wilder is really what it is, and he's not in Spaceballs, obviously, uh, so, yeah, he, uh, that movie's so good. <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah, that's five, I guess. I'm sure there's way more. There's oh, way I know. More. I'm sure we'll comment on it as we're going along. Um, okay, so that was our top five as far as off the top of our head. Ah, uh, man, I know. We're gonna we're gonna get done with this episode, and I'm gonna go. Ah, oh, crap! There's another one I should have mentioned. Let's um, for anybody who's listening. Leave us your top five, and I mean, by all means, go into as much uh, uh, 
you know, detail as you like as to why you don't have to justify anything because everybody's got their little, um, you know, what do you, what do you call them? Um, what's guilty that word? Pleasures. Yeah. Guilty pleasures for movies and, um, you know, a, a guilty pleasure movie of mine. I'm just going to throw it out there so you don't feel bad is, uh, down with love. You and McGregor and Renee Zellweger. I own that movie. Couldn't I think get past it. I like Ewan McGregor. He's one of my favorite actors. Um, and yeah, that's a. I, so I guess it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I don't feel guilty about watching it, but uh, I would have to call it that probably to some people who are going to rat on me for it, or rag on me for it. But um, yeah, so leave leave a, leave a top five uh, if you if you feel the need of movies that are awesome to watch, whenever. Yeah, we'll try to comment. We'll we'll bring them up on the next episode. You could put it yeah. on our uh, Facebook page, the Never Gets Old Podcast Facebook page, or. Uh, on the YouTube channel, MacWJack, which is where you're hearing these yeah. uh, or watching them. Um, yeah, please do, because the more the merrier. You know, it just it fuels us more. Um, oh, yeah. before we move you on. Will say, what were you saying? I said, we'll say your name if you want. You yeah. Be- um, the song that I was trying to remember when we were talking about the Chapins and the one of them backstage playing they they do a nice catchy version of it came upon a midnight clear which i've always heard slow and yeah okay it's there but to hear the little the catchy you heard a little bit of that nick uh yeah had a nice little it makes me want to hear it more and i want that version but i don't know if the chapins have put it out yet if and when they do i'm i'm dying for it um so yeah just to let people know i did finally figure out what that song was um oh and <laughs> the day i posted our last episode what was it uh friday was it yeah friday yeah it just came out nick even sent me a text gail simone is back on batgirl yeah they rehired her that's how powerful people this podcast is we didn't even put it out yet <laughs> and dc knew that they better hire her back <laughs> yeah let's let's take Total credit. Absolutely. It was it was us and not the screaming internet. Yeah. <laughs> Despite what anybody says. Right. Um, but no, that that's um, that's fantastic, and I might actually uh, start picking it up for myself again. Because um, I can't really think of another writer I would want to have. I was thinking about that. Like, okay, if she's not writing it, I don't know if it's gonna last because I can't really think of anybody. A female writer-wise, in particular, who is who I'd want to write it, who yeah. you know would want. So now I'm I'm thrilled because she would be my ultimate pick. Well, you know, the the danger of, of um, for them anyway, or, or for anybody else trying to get into that saddle is if they had appointed you know another female writer, um, they're instantly going to get you know, crap from people like, oh, they must have, you know, did they backstab Gail Simone to get this job with blah, 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 or it's not as, it's big shoes to fill. So maybe if people didn't even go that route and say like, oh, they stole her job or whatever, it's just kind of like, from from the writer's standpoint, how do you, how do you fill those shoes? How do you keep that going? And no, I'm not saying like Gail Simone's gonna write Batgirl forever because she probably won't, and she'll probably want to move on to other things or write other things. But um, but still, like 
for it to be for it to have gone down that way and then for somebody to step in that's that's gonna be it would have been a it would have been a hard situation for whoever took it over you know mm-hmm. the comparisons would have been less than nice whether they were deserved or not you sure. know it just it would have been a bad situation which i'm glad it didn't i'm, I'm glad it got fixed yeah in yeah the way. um it's funny too because speaking of batgirl one of the, the things that i know i'm going off on a different angle but one of the characters that i always felt up until recently was always underused was um james gordon jr her brother yeah for yeah, years yeah. i i honestly god i've been collecting non-stop since i was 15 i'm 38 now i always thought why okay she has a brother she's got a mother somewhere too i don't know if she's around but in particular, why would they never refer to Commissioner Gordon's son? Yeah. And now, finally, not only do they have him in the story, but they made him incredibly as interesting as they possibly could. Yeah. I, and I love it. I'm, I'm loving everything when they're doing his backstory, mm-hmm. explaining where the mother went and why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't see. I, I've missed a couple issues of Batgirl. Um, I think I read up to about ten or eleven at most. You're not that far. Back. Fourteen right now. Yeah. Fifteen. So I missed a couple. And if if there were some big things that happened with, with that with those stories, I I don't know about them. So yeah, I won't I'll spoil it, but it's coming. Yeah. They're kind of just laying the groundwork for it. It was interesting because um, I didn't even know. I, I mean, I knew. Barbara Gordon and Commissioner Gordon, that was about it. I, I didn't know that there was supposed to be a son or that the, the mother was still alive or anything. Um, and when I saw the Dark Knight movie and there's Commissioner Gordon has a son um, and and the wife, I was like, did no one just stick that in there? I was kind of upset. I was like, because I, I knew, are they just ignoring Barbara? Because obviously she was a little girl. Anyway, like, it's not like she could be Batgirl. She was, like, in the movie, I think, five or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was like, eh, really? But then I was like, oh, okay, never mind. I guess there is supposed to be a son, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's, that was cool. I guess I, I stopped being mad at Nolan for that. <laughs> um, another thought, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about other comics, but I guess this is comic book related. Couldn't wait to tell you... Mikey got for his birthday a couple weeks ago all four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The movies? No, the uh, the toys, the new oh, toys. Oh, the toys are cool, cool, cool. And he's been playing with them nonstop. He's you know because he loves the new the episodes that we watch and yeah, yeah. you know he and he's learning. Okay, well, why do they call him Mikey? Well, because his name's Michelangelo, just like you're Mikey, but your name's Michael. Oh, okay. And I he knows he's now knows the difference between each one. But yeah. I thought, and this is why I thought of you, I thought his favorite was Donatello. Yeah. Because he's like, okay, Donatello this, Donatello that. And I said, who's your favorite? And he goes, all of them. And then he's asking about Leonardo, and, and okay, I'm, I'm going to be Leonardo now. Okay. And, you know, so he does jump around. He hasn't picked a favorite yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking about myself. And about how years ago, with the original cartoon, Michelangelo was always my favorite. Um, I don't know. I, ever since the old Bruce Lee movies, I remember liking the nunchucks. 
Yeah, yeah. And in the original cartoon, he was the most quote unquote fun. Right. I mean, he was the loose cannon. Um but in a fun way, whereas Raphael was, I guess, supposed to be the angry one. Which is the way yeah, it sense in the original cartoon, Raphael's like less angry. That's like he's like not angry at all in that original cartoon. He's just super sarcastic. Right, right. Pretty- I think it was the movie that they decided to make him the angry turtle. Yeah. You know? And I yeah. think about like And then it kinda flowed from there. Yeah, yeah, because now I think about it. <clears throat> I'm like, all right, well, who's my favorite now? And I don't know if I have a favorite. Uh, I like Michelangelo, but not like I did. I really like Leonardo because I, I, I like, I think of myself as the, a leader. So yeah. that part I like. And the fact that he is apparently supposed to be the best fighter. Right. And, you know, me with my Kempo, I like, I relate to that. Yeah. Uh, Donatello, because he's smart and I like that i like to be smart and i like to work on stuff so okay i relate to that i think the only one that that i don't necessarily connect to is Raphael myself yeah but i understand the dynamic and it's a perfect dynamic the the turtles it's the same thing they'll say about say the monkeys or the beetles uh they each have their own diverse personality and yet they all work together so well you know yeah that and that's the point you know i think that's what that's what the 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 the, uh the moral of of their tales are really is that you know it's not it's not just one component that makes the whole thing work you need it to be in order to be successful all the parts have to come together in the right way and i think that's a great message to teach kids and and the, the episodes that they've been showing have really kind of um, been building towards that uh, and have, have expressly almost said it right out loud a couple times, you know. There was a, a recent episode where, uh, what, Leo and Raph go and um, they get trapped by the Mousers and then Donatello and Michelangelo go and they're trying to get April's phone. Yeah, and they're calling so themselves the B team. The B team, right. Um, and then they realize, like, wait, we we do need to all be together in order to hash this out because, you know, you need Leo and Raph to do the fighting, and then you need Mikey's sort of like crazy ideas that sometimes work, and then you need Donatello's intelligence and and uh, technological smarts and stuff like that. It it's all it's all a big thing, um, and that's that is a great message to um, to put out there for kids in a sea of cartoons that kind of almost teach kids to be entitled in a negative way like that this isn't one of those and it it warms my heart that so many kids are are enjoying it and and getting into it every time i walk into a a toy store like if i walk into toys r us or walmart or target the turtle stuff is wiped out wiped out you can't say that about star wars anymore i know like the turtle stuff has been gone. It, and they keep getting it back, and it keeps getting sold out. And that, to me, is amazing. I told Dave so, that he has it at his store, and that you know, if you want to move that stuff, make sure you mention it on your on your uh, Facebook page. And you know, yeah. comics on the green, we we have turtle stuff because I went, and Mikey doesn't know this yet, but uh, he's getting. 
besides the four turtles, my mother wants to get him each character. So she wanted to get him something else for Christmas, so I got him the Krang, one of the robots. Which I love that the Krang is not just one character. Right. It's a species, and that's that's brilliant. Because I hated the Krang in the original cartoon. I thought, okay, now it's just goofy little kid stuff, and it's not as dark as like I was saying the first three episodes, you know, with Shredder. Um, I wanted to say uh, I was smiling when you were telling me about how Mikey is uh, is playing with the turtles because when the turtles hit big um, back in like 88 when the cartoon came out I was pretty much the same age he is now Yeah, and I had the same situation going on where I would fluctuate and, and vacillate between all the turtles depending on what day it was, literally, like, oh, today I, I want to play with Michelangelo all day, and, like, bring him on adventures, and I mean, generally, Donatello was always my favorite, he, he still is, to this day, my favorite, um, but I did go between them, like, all the time, and, and just have different adventures with different turtles, and, and, you know, I guess that's, it was like a mood ring, sort of, whatever I was feeling. <laughs> and that's, the, I think that's the appeal of them, too, because they do hit every, what, uh, emotional or whatever spectrum. Yeah. So that that's cool to me, and and uh, I I'm I don't think I was unique in that sense. I mean, I did know a bunch of people who pretty much picked one turtle, and that was it. Like Leonardo, because they wanted to be the leader, and that's how they felt. Or Raphael, because he was he was bad, you know. Or, yeah. or, or Michelangelo because he was the real goofy one, you know. And I was—I always got to be my favorite turtle because no one ever wanted to be Donatello, the boring, smart guy. Recently, yeah, and I—I I didn't mind that because it's like, whatever. First of all, in the movie, not only is Donatello really smart, but he's like one of the funniest ones because he's super clever and sarcastic in the movies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the staff. Is an awesome weapon. It is. I don't, I don't understand. I really don't understand how more people weren't uh, at, at a younger age more drawn to Donatello. Um, but it hasn't been until like probably the last couple of years where if I talk to people about turtles, they're like, "Yeah, I love Donatello." I'm like, "No, you can't. You can't <laughs> like Donatello because no one likes Donatello." Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> but even before that, like in high school or, or middle school, people would be like. Yeah, Donatello sucks. And I'd be like, what? I'd have to, I'd be defending Donatello like, to the last breath. Yeah. You know? So, it, it's cool though. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I'll tell like you. It. As a martial artist, I, speaking of the bow staff, I love, I mean, I've trained with different swords and everything. Uh, I haven't necessarily used the, uh, the size, but I, I've trained in different swords. And I used to take fencing too, but. I love the Eskrima sticks, the Eskrima, as they say. Well, yeah, yeah. it's that it's the beauty of it just being the same thing as the bow staff. It's a stick. If you go to the woods and pick up a stick, or as I prefer, the two sticks, and you know how to use that so well, yeah. there's a there's a beauty to it. And there is also with the sword and you know all of that. But man, think about that. It's that I guess it's the same type of MacGyver thought to me. It's there. It's always going to be there, and you can use it the way nobody else can. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. You know. Well, that was another thing. Um, in the in the movies, in the live action movies, it was like 
how could you i mean uh, it, to me when i was a child I, I would be thinking like well look Raphael and leonardo can't even use their weapons in the movies because they're fighting humans so they can't they're not they're not going to kill them exactly so leonardo is like standing there with swords if you watch the movies he's just swinging them and maybe defending himself he doesn't use them just about ever, but Donatello's like going around smacking people in the head with the staff, and Michelangelo's hitting people with the nunchucks, and like, I'm like, those two are obviously cool. They get to use their weapons in the movies. <laughs> yeah, you know? or or, or uh, Raphael has to use the handle of, of his size. Right. Well, from what I understand, size are a defensive weapon anyway. Like they're not meant to stab people with, right? That's for the most that's, part. Yeah. They're they're meant for. Um, uh, they were guard you know, tools originally. Right. They, they're meant for, for um, de-arming yep. people, like taking swords out of people's hands. And it's cool because in this new cartoon, that's kind of what he uses it for. Like, you see when he, when they do, like, the slow motion stuff. Yes, and the pilot. His arm and, like, flip him over. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's cool. But if um, you notice the more recent episodes, too, he's flinging them and hitting the robots in the head and dropping them. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. He's yeah. used them as a sharp weapon too yeah 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 which is cool it's good that they use them both ways Um, because remember in the original cartoon they didn't do that no no um he just kind of stabbed them (laughs) stabbed the foot plan with them um but yeah no i mean i've uh i always i've always loved the uh the turtles and and um it's cool like it's it's one of those things that makes me excited uh that i and you as well. Um, we were born before. I mean, I guess I wasn't born before they were created, really. But in that same sort of span, and they got popular when we were young. Yeah. It like sort of in the way I'm sure people, other people, felt about like Mickey Mouse back in his heyday. You know, like when when the cartoons were good and and, and they were interesting. Um, like the what was it like the, the 30s or whatever when Mickey Mouse was created or, yeah. or broke out, um, and that has lasted. You know, it, it became timeless, always evolving, always kind of growing. And uh, I mean, obviously Disney's an enormous juggernaut now. But think about like all the cartoons that kind of like fell by the wayside and they tried to reboot and it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, the turtles were huge when they came out early 2000s they did a reboot and they were pretty good and now another reboot and they're huge again phenomenal and it's like i feel like it's one of those properties that um has good value or good values um that they that they discuss and and impart on kids um and could also stand the test of time for such an odd concept right you know a right. bunch of mutant turtle brothers, you know, doing karate. Um, so for it to resonate with so many people, um, and uh, not only that, but, but teach good things as well. It's not a one-trick pony, which is brilliant. Right. And, um, you know, even if when, when this group of kids grows out of it for a little while, they'll always love it in the way that we always love it, but, you know, they'll, they'll grow up and, and move on to, to other stuff. And then they'll they'll die down again, and then you know in another so many years they'll reboot it again, and hopefully be just as good. And that excites me. That sort of um, they can I think that they can stand the test of time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I had to uh, have helped 
that be the case through my, you know, screaming for my parents to buy me Ninja Turtles figures and watching them all the time. And still with buying the, the comic and, and watching the cartoon now and buying the figures now, like, just cool. I, that I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. a possibility. Um, I have a couple of questions to ask you, but I'll do one, you do one, and then I'll do my other one. Sure. Uh, since we're doing the top five movies, yeah. what are your top five Christmas movies? Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Um, my top five Christmas movies. Actually, I was gonna. Um, I was going to say top five Christmas pieces of entertainment because I did, I wanted to include not just movies but like the Christmas specials. Okay. For example, like, um, like if it was. Frosty the Snowman or something like that, like fucking bass stuff and things like that. Um, for my top five Christmas movies, um, I guess we'll just split them up. Mo- then movies and then specials. Okay. So, so uh, five movies. I love the Santa Claus. I love Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Santa Claus, the first one, I think is great. I'll watch. I will watch that on Christmas Day, definitely. Um, I don't. I don't know what what it is. Um, I mean, Tim Allen sort of reminds me of my dad, and I think that's probably mostly because of Home Improvement and what we do. Sure. sure. Um, like, not a day or two, maybe every other day, will go by where my dad will like say something, and I'll I'll just go. I don't think so, Tim. And he just gets so mad <laughs> because he's like, "Shut up! <laughs> don't don't say that." Um, and I just laugh in my head to myself. Uh, so yeah, Santa Claus. Um, I this is in no real order. Uh, Bad Santa, I think, is hilarious. Your Christmas Vacation. I really can't get out of this list without saying that. Um, Oh man, uh, Love Actually is a really good Christmas yes, movie. Um, and the, the Home Alone too, definitely. I I must have watched that movie a bajillion times when I was younger. That I could quote that movie all the time, like all the time too. So <laughs> yeah, I guess those are probably my five. Uh, actually, there's probably other ones I like better, but I can't really think of them. Right. Um, uh, all right, so let me think. Off the top of my head, I'm going to go with, obviously, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Uh, A Christmas Story. If, even though they play it all day long, I don't care. I still have to quote it, and, you know. <laughs> my father still laughs at certain moments. Uh, uh, huh? When he, when he says fudge. In yep. Something. I'm right. twice. <laughs> but it wasn't fudge. It wasn't fudge. <laughs> or the part when he, he blames it on Swartz and meanwhile oh, yeah, yeah. Swartz was getting his like you know yeah. um let me think boy there's Elf oh yeah right yeah. yeah that's a newer one so I could see why you you didn't think of that one but we've been watching that nonstop because Mikey now is at the age where he can appreciate it yeah um 
you know what one I, I'm gonna throw on the list anyway, but it's a fairly new to my my regime. This is the first year I've actually missed it until I saw it. Uh, Deck the Halls. Okay, okay, it's Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. Okay. Not, not the best movie in the world. It's kind of cliche and kind of, you know, basically Matthew Broderick is the king of Christmas in his neighborhood. Right, he okay. He loves it. He lives for it. Danny DeVito comes in basically tries to take over. Right, right. There's something about that. Again, it's one of those, you know, it's like, uh, what is it? Christmas with the Cranks or whatever. I always tie them together because, yeah, they're there. But for some reason, this year, I, I've missed it. I've watched the last couple years, and I think it's the fact that the just the natural joy of the holiday season. You know, they're, they're not, I don't know, you can see how this guy is just living his life. There's a certain pacing to it that I appreciate. And I actually craved it this year. Uh, wow, that's kind of weird. So there's one that's on my list. Um, I know we probably mentioned a couple before uh, that aren't necessarily. Oh, Family Man! I just watched that last night. It was on. Oh, okay. Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. I, I like that movie too. Actually. Uh, what's her name? Tia. Tia Leone. Yeah, like her lots in that. She's just naturally pretty in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what else? What's, what else? I mean, there's You've Got Mail, which is a, considered a, a Christmassy one. Yeah. So, And there's also when Harry Met Sally has that whole moment in it where it's supposed to be Christmas. So, yeah, I mean, that's more than five, I think. But, uh, yeah, and like I said, I know there's others that I can just... Uh, I, I, you know, there'll be others I'll mention, but go ahead. What about your TV specials? The TV specials? Um, I... Man. Um, well, I mean, I obviously love, like, the, uh... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Like, the, I loved all those, all the claymation. Yep. Like, Rankin Bastards. Um... Year without Santa Claus, Santa Claus is coming to town, and stuff like that. I don't even know if I have a top five. I just, I guess I just wanted to talk about how much I love Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know. I'm with you too. I always love the Muppet ones too. Not, not oh, the. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not gonna say the the Scrooged ones. Ooh, there's another one, Scrooged. Scrooge, yeah. Bill Murray. There's a classic. I love Bill Murray too. Me too. Um, uh, but no, the one where they did a Muppet one a couple years ago, which I ended up buying, where basically he dies it's it's their version of it's a wonderful life the theater oh wow yeah the theater is going to uh lose the lease or whatever Fozzie, they do a great show they get enough money and Fozzie has to get it to the bank on time well he doesn't and they lose it and kermit feels so bad he goes out in the snow sits on a bench and dies he freezes to death I caught this a couple years ago, and I'm like, "Holy crap, this is dark!" And then basically, it's it's uh, you know, here's what life would have been like without you. But just for the cojones to kill Kermit, I thought, okay. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Right? I like that they they 
or gutsy, as opposed to being light and fluffy with the previous Muppet movies during the 90s or 2000s up until the new Muppet movie, I guess, is supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. But they were just cranking out, you know, their pirate movie or their uh, Christmas Carol, the Muppets Christmas Carol. I, you know, I always found them to be fluff. Oh, really? I, my Muppet. friends and I love Muppet Treasure Island. I love have, really? Yeah, I have two or three of the songs from the movie on my iPod. I have to sit down. Whenever we're driving, we put it on and just sing the hell out of it. Like we, it's 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 funny. It's got some really funny like little adult parts. To be fair, I haven't watched it myself. I've only seen clips of it. Oh, watch it. You'll like it. It's it's funny, and I'm, Mikey would probably like it too. But. Yeah, oh man, it's good. I have it on VHS. I still haven't bought it on DVD, but huh. I, every once in a while, if we're like sitting around, you know, drinking or whatever in my room, we'll be like, let's, let's watch Muppet Treasure Island. Well, I was oh, that way with the original, the original movies back when I was a kid. I had the actual records of the uh, the soundtrack for the Muppet movie. Then it was the Great Muppet Caper. Yeah. And then it was the uh, Take Manhattan. Right. Those were the the trilogy. Those were fantastic. And even now, if I, if I catch the the original Muppet movie, moving right along, dud along, dud along, footloose, yep. you know, I got that going through my head. Yep. It's I, you know, say what you will. It's they're fantastic. The music, besides the puppetry, but just the music was always fantastic. Uh huh. And so freaking catchy. Well, the the songs in uh in the new Muppet movie are good, and they were written by. One of the guys from Flight of the Concords. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's he fantastic. Wrote the score. Because I love, I love me the Flight of the Concords. Me too. I saw them. I saw them live. When? Uh, a couple of years ago, I saw them at the Tower Theater in Philly. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw David Gray there. And uh, they were hilarious and awesome. It was right, right after the the first season of the show. Sure. Uh, was on HBO, um, which was a great show. The first yep. season is definitely better than the second, but it was still good. Um, but yeah. Wait, what season? The, what season did you think was better? The first season. Okay, I I still have to see all of the second season. Uh, eh, I mean, it's worth watching. It's pretty much a. That's it. You know, when that when the second season's over, it's they they ended it in a way that you'd never be like, oh, I wonder if they'll do more. No, it's just pretty much it. That's it's over. Really? Uh, Cause I, I, mean, I, I love the, uh, I wanted more seasons. And the one episode I did see from the second season was the Art Garfunkel episode. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> see, here's the, okay, well, some of the stuff they did in the second season I thought, like, was really, really funny. But I didn't think the songs were as good. There were a couple songs I thought were were really good, but for the most part, not as good. I see. I found them hit and miss. There were some that I thought were so classic, and I play them for people. But others, I yeah. thought, ah, even during the first season, like I don't, I don't need to see you do a David Bowie type song or the uh, oh, the, the robot <laughs> one, the one where they're robots. 
because it, it it's kind of funny and it's kind of amusing to watch but do I want to play it on my iPod no well you know here's the thing um, about play the Concord uh, most of if not all of the songs in the first season were songs that they did as stand-up first right so I had seen them on HBO a bunch of years before they ever got their show. So I was familiar with a lot of the songs before they redid them for the show. Huh. Um, and I, I thought that their live versions were way better than they did them on the show. But I still liked the songs, so I ended up, I feel like I liked the season better um, because of that. And there's a couple songs that they redid that I think are better the way they did them for, you know, in the studio, obviously. Sure. So, well, for the most part, I thought that they're, the, the original way that they played them was funnier. Like, um, the song you're talking about, the, the Humans Are Dead, which is the robot song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hilarious when it's, you know, has zero context, you know, it, on a stage in front of people. Um, and the way they explain it was like, the way that... They set it up as a joke. It was like we, you know, the technology's taking over, so we're writing a song for our future robot overlords or something like that. And it, it just ended up being really funny because it was out of context. Um, and then on the show, it was just kind of like, meh. Right, right. Well, so, I'll tell you some of the ones that I love. The one, uh, Carol Brown. Yeah, right where he's singing about his ex-girlfriends. Yep, that song's awesome. I love that. And the, and the whole shut up. I thought I told you to yeah. shut up. I love it. It's it's, it's quotable. I, I paste that one in the one um if you're into it. That was that was the first episode oh. I saw and I'm like, okay, I love this new show. I got so those, it. Those were ones that they wrote definitely uh for that second season. Oh, love it. Love it. And uh, those two, two of those were um, ones that I really liked. Uh, when we saw them live in between the seasons of the shows, uh, they played Carol Brown. Um, and he said, this is, you know, a new song and it's going to be in the second season of the show. And he got the crowd into singing it with the parts that were supposed to be sung um like the the choir of girls or whatever yeah 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 and then the harmonies too what's that the harmony just you know sucker for for harmony so they're so funny but they are brilliant musicians yeah Yeah. that's great about it um but they uh you and him, when uh, him and you, uh, Jermaine started the song, he played about 30 you, seconds of it, and then he messed up. <laughs> he's like, crap. Well, he didn't say crap, but he's like, I, I messed up. He also didn't say messed. Um, but he's like, I'm just, I'm just going to start it over. <laughs> he just sung over again and then played it. It was so good. Really, really funny, but it was, it was And the Brett, you've got it going on. Oh yeah, yeah. Just yeah, try yeah. to cheer him up. I love that. I love that. And then what? Uh, one other one too. I'm trying to look it up. Or the one where he's singing about. Oh, there's cello tape. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one where where. What is the one? He comes back from a date. He goes, "How was your date?" He's trying to watch TV. 
We danced on the da 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 You know, just to have the little comments in between his heartfelt song. I I laugh so hard I have tears in my eyes. I'm not crying. That's a great one. How about you? So so good. Oh man. Um. What was your other question? We're probably getting pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Up Leggy Blonde is another good song. Yeah. See, I'm looking That's them up while we're talking. Um, okay. Uh, this was had to deal with... I heard this somewhere, and I thought, okay, this is kind of a neat take. Instead of saying, like, what kind of superpower would you want to have? Instead of that, because that's way too open. Yeah. What superhero's power would you like to have for yourself? So you have to... You can't, like, oh, I want to fly, and I want to pick a certain superhero... And then, if you were able to take, you know, have their power, right? What would you? What would it be? Um, what superhero's power? Uh, um, you know what? I I think I would. Uh, I've always liked Iceman. I think I'd like to have Iceman's powers because he can like, not that he could fly. But he seems to be able to just always make ice, mm-hmm. like, just to, just about fly, um, and it, a lot of the powers that he's been given recently, or like the idea of it, where he can create multiple versions of himself, or even melt himself down, and then you know reform and stuff like that. Like, and uh, I hate the cold. I hate the winter. But if I was Iceman, I'd probably just be used to it, so it wouldn't bother me anymore. And then if it was really hot in the summer, I'd just be ice and not feel too hot either. So, uh, yeah, for practical purposes, I think I would be Iceman. I would want to be Iceman. Would you use it for to be a superhero, or would you just use it to make your day easier? Um, depends on how lazy I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I would feel, you know, that sort of with great power sort of thing, so I'd probably have to try to be a superhero okay. a little bit, um, but only, you know... When you felt like it. Yeah, if I didn't have a hangover, maybe. Not not, when it, not whenever you saw on the news that, oh no, this building's on fire, if only we had some ice, you'd be like, yeah, I don't really feel like getting out of the house right now. It's going to take forever, and then I'm going to be awake. Yeah, God, I got that movie coming on, I think there's a Christmas special coming on, I gotta see. <laughs> yeah, Pulp Fiction's on TV, and I'm not wearing pants. So I can't go out of the house. Yeah, eh, good luck to them, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about it for myself, and you know what? As much as you you are not a Superman fan, I, yeah. it, now which actually reminds me, you don't like them be- the same way that I don't like being told that I have to love the Beatles, right? Is that why? Because everyone uh, tells you that you should love Superman, or is that part of it? No, no, nobody has ever told me that I should love Superman. Really? I think the world kind of tells you, no, no, you have to love the Beatles, you have to love Superman, and you have to love Apple Pie. <laughs> um, no, really, no one's ever told me I have to love Superman. I have dislike. I just feel like he's unnecessary. That's it. That's. I mean, he's too. He's. In a world, uh, like a universe that has multiple superheroes, he makes them all irrelevant and it's boring. I just feel like he's boring, really. So Having all those... 
powers and 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 not to mention the idea of like Superman and Clark Kent and nobody knows like that makes everybody seem like clinically retarded like <laughs> it, it's it just really really talks down and I, it, I just feel like it's stupid I'm not I'm I'm not really explaining it the best I could but that's no, no, no. It, it, it clears it up at least a little more for me because, you know, I didn't know if it was the same way of having the world kind of tell you, you're expected to love Superman. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, no one's ever said that. And a majority of my friends could either feel the same way I do about Superman or could care less anyway. Like, they, they don't hate or love him, so... Well, I look at him the way I do Spider-Man. He's great as long as he's written well. Which yeah. is, you know, same thing with Aquaman or anybody, really. If you get a good writer, make me care. But yeah. that's few and far between for that to happen for Superman. Because like you said, that's his handicap. He can do everything. So, you know, great. But yeah, that, that was my answer. I would take Superman's powers. Uh... And again, it's a it's a cheap, easy way to just okay, I can do anything. Um, but here's the twist: I would be Batman with them. Okay. Think about it. I can do I can do the Batman stuff without having to. Uh, no, yeah. Without having to worry, like I could do the whole disappearing on a rooftop thing. You're talking to me one minute, I'm gone. Yeah. I can get across town as quick as possible. I can jump out of the shadows, because I wasn't in the shadows two seconds ago. I came from across town. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would make being yeah. Batman so much easier than having to physically train yourself and know that a bullet could kill you if it hits you in the head. Right. Um, you know what I just I thought about while um, when you were talking about how there'd be a fire and would I go rescue people? Sure, sure, sure. Um, it would actually probably be awful to be a superhero in our real world because, say, there was a fire and I didn't go and save people, but they knew I was a superhero or, or a, a human being with superpowers or whatever. Then I'd be getting phone calls left and right or anybody. Yo, what, what's what is your deal? You know, people be expecting you to do stuff like that. You, you know saved I mean? this kid, but you didn't oh, save that kid. Yeah, what what's wrong with you? Right. I was just, I was in The Hobbit, I was in a movie, I didn't know. You shouldn't, you should be roaming the streets with saving people every day, all day. But I think... It I would think, be that way. Oh, absolutely, I've thought about that too, which I think is the whole point of a secret identity. Besides your own, you know, uh, uh, well-being and your family, you still, I don't want to hear that crap. If you turned on the news, I know you would. Even if you, even if you had the best secret identity in the world, Every time you turn on the news, yeah, this superhero came, he saved these people, but what about the people across town? Yeah. In which case, you just have to say, you know, up yours, I'm going to be thankful for the little bit I get to do. Yeah. So, I think, I think being a superhero would almost be more than pain in the ass than it's worth. Because, you know, maybe a lot of us would, would keep our identity secret, but... 
I think anybody with us kind of superpower, even if they were going to do it and be a hero and use it for good, would be like, nope, this is who I am. I look at me. I want the attention, you know. And then it would suck. And be like, wait a sec, I should add a secret identity. But um, that's that's how I feel like it would be because not for everybody. There would be people who would be really appreciative of, of what you do and what you can do, you know, doing as much as possible. But then there would be those people. Probably people on Fox News being like, well, why didn't he stop a tsunami in Japan? Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to have some Burger King. Uh, <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom at some point. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, not, I'm, I, I don't have future telling powers. I didn't know that was going to happen. I don't know. I, I think that would be good if, a, and I'm sure they have already if they, if they just haven't seen it. be good if they would write that into comics. Like, you want to make Superman relevant? Good. Have a little more of that. Have, have well, they've done that. They did, they did that a little bit with the Avengers recently. Did they? Well, why? Yeah, they've had uh, the people, like the, the news channels or whatever, and, oh, and even other people questioning them. And, you know, you might have saved these people, but why, why not these people? And where were you for this? And, you know, no, you caused people to do this. And all yeah. this. It, was, it was interesting. You got right to offend us for being being top of it what's that you gotta love bendis for being on top yeah yeah absolutely do you want to wrap it up yeah we probably should all right uh (laughs) so it it's your turn band wise oh man i didn't think about it um you can take a moment (laughs) uh it didn't even occur to me that i was i was like i was like all prepared I'm like, oh, sweet, I'm going to ask a couple questions and stuff. Yeah, I got some stuff we can talk about. <laughs> I'm just, uh, the answers together. Um, Think of a band that you haven't played yet. Okay, I'm, I I think I did what I do. I did NERD, I did Coheed and Cambria, I did Weekend yep. Foods. Yep. Um, how about if I go with... Um, Indoor Living by Motion City Soundtrack. Whoa, let me write that down. It's one that I gave you. Is it? Yeah. All right, so I'll be able to find it on YouTube. Uh, Soundtrack. Should be on one of the the CDs I gave you. Right. Which would mean it's in my computer. And what's the name of the song? Indoor Living. Indoor Living. I think I like that. Motion City Soundtrack. And... Tell me about it. Um, it's kind of uh, I guess they're they're pop punky, but I, I don't I don't know maybe I don't know I guess that's the best way to describe them. Um, not not necessarily accurate, but the best I could come up with. And the song is like uh, moderate tempo and um, kind of about not wanting to uh, go out and uh, you know disappoint people I guess more in, in a relationship sense but I guess overall you could say yeah you, you being afraid of disappointing people how long ago um, did you find them this motion city soundtrack yeah uh, senior year of high school I think okay huh. so yeah they've been, they've been a, a band that I've liked and uh, been inspired by musically for, for quite a while. Um, they have a lot of synth 
in their songs, um, which I like a lot as well. And in their the content of their of their songs, like the lyrics, I I, I don't relate to a lot because I think um, he he writes a lot about um, overcoming his uh, his issues with like with with alcoholism i think and um as well as uh ocd and, and other other issues like that yeah but then there's other stuff that he writes about even if it does relate to that um those sort of things you can kind of relate to it yourself man i am not i don't know what's going on <laughs> i'm not communicate as well as i'd like to right now um sorry but yeah they're they're a good band good they're good um all right well don't forget everybody we're still uh besides wanting your questions your top five lists uh we're still looking for art um anything you want to draw relating to our podcast will be used uh also uh i I always talk about the band but i never actually say harmony constant as the name uh, for those who have missed it, if you go to our page, I do have some video up of live performances, but I also have a couple singles out, uh, Alone Again and The Story of Us on Amazon, iTunes. You know, it's cheap enough. Go uh, spend a buck or two, if you would, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and of course, feedback on all that is always welcome, too, because I like to know what people are getting from my music. So I just want to make sure I got to mention that because I, I listened to the last one. I'm like, yeah, the band this, the band that. The band is Harmony Constant. So I want to make sure I mention that. Yeah. Oh, um, in case I uh, we don't get one another one recorded, I don't know why we wouldn't, but um, the other short film that I did is going to be uh, put on YouTube on my birthday of all days. It, it was called Yellow. Yeah. Um, and you can find the fan page for that on Facebook as well if you want to check that out and see the trailer for it. And then, you know, you'll also be reminded that it, 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 you can watch it on Valentine's Day. It's, it is a love story of sorts. Um, Tell me, what's it about? I can't say anything about what it's about because it'll it'll give away what it's about. Um, <laughs> Ooh, intriguing! So it, it's about a guy and a girl. I could say that much, and it's it's got a, an interesting story. I, I was really uh, when I read the script, I I was like, this is a cool idea. So an interesting idea, um, uh, as far as a love story goes. So. Um, I think it was, I think it was pretty well done and it's, it was finally edited and it'll be coming out. So I just want to throw that out there. Oh, I can't wait. I, I, yeah, I'm dying to see it cause I always post the picture, you know, the movie poster of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I like doing right now. Huh? I like that poster. Yeah. Yeah. So now I, I get to see it. I'm thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well then we will, uh, wrap this up and get ready for the next one next week. Yeah. I got to take a nap. All right. <laughs> I gotta go I gotta wake the kids and staying out so late. Yeah, I'm gonna wake the kids and I promised Mikey we'd watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So, was there a new? Oh, by the way, I want to ask real quick: was there a new episode this week? Because no. I didn't think so. Because my my power went out yesterday afternoon or morning into the afternoon, 
And I was like, if it doesn't come back on and I don't record Ninja Turtles, I'm going to be so mad because <laughs> they don't come on demand like quickly. Right. They're, they're always like a week or two behind. What? They're always like a week or two behind. Yeah. Because I, I was recording them whenever they showed up on demand because it cuts out all the commercials. Yeah. But then I just get anxious. I'm like, nope, I got I got to record them right now. I got I got you know, they're on TV. It's a brand new episode. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So. Ah well. All right. Well, that's it for us, everybody. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Uh, keep the questions, comments, and love coming, and uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. So